Welcome to Your Life Now Radio Show, where your life matters. Your host, Coach Rhea, is a certified professional life coach with a passion to help make the difference in the world. Your Life Now Radio Show brings you powerful resources and effective tips to help you live your best life ever. And now, here's your host, Coach Rhea. Hello, my friends, and welcome to Your Life Now Radio Show. I am your host, Coach Rhea. Thank you so much for being here. I am always delighted to be here live with you on the air. And I'd like to thank each one of you for listening to my show live, archived, and also for downloading the show on iTunes. Just a quick background, I am the founder and CEO of Your Life Now. It's a professional life coaching company. On this show, we try to cover a lot of different topics related to our everyday life on a personal as well as professional level. Some of these areas that affect our life as follow but not limited to our personal and professional growth, health and fitness, money, finances, career, self-esteem, and overall the quality of life. On this show, we have guests that come in and help me along the way, and I also host the show solo sometimes. So please follow the show for up-to-date information and for guest information. And I do appreciate that. And follow me on Twitter. Follow me on Facebook. Let me know how I can help you. You can go to my website at www.coachingbyria.com to receive a free consultation and learn more about my service. I just want to also put my intention out there as always. My intention of hosting this show is to help inspire you. I like to help inspire you to make some positive changes in your life so you can live the life that you desire. So all I ask of you is to have an open mind and an open heart. Take what is useful for you. Question everything. But remember, the show is intended to be for thought-provoking and information purpose. I am a professional life coach, and all my guests that come on the show are also professional in their field. So make sure you reach out to either myself or my guests with the information provided in the show. Today I have a special show for you. Actually, I will be playing a short interview that I have done with Dr. David Waldman, the founder of tolovethechildren.org. And uh, um, he actually was leaving for Kenya and asked me if I would have interviewed him prior to his trip to Kenya. And um, so enjoy the, um, the show and the interview, and uh, we'll catch you later. Thanks. Your Life Now Radio Show with Coach Rhea will return in just a few moments. Um, I'm turning the tables on myself. Normally, I interview um, all different types of guests from government or non-governmental organizations. And today, I have as a guest moderator, um, host, Rhea Wilkie, who has her own show. And I'm going to let Rhea introduce herself. And this will be an opportunity where... Um, all the questions about my work and what I'm doing with To Love Children will be answered. It will be um, a time when I will talk about why and what and where, what I'm doing. So without any further ado, as they say, um, Rhea um, Wilkie will introduce herself and we'll get the show going. So Rhea, thank you for doing this and welcome to The Global Child. Thank you so much. It's it's my pleasure, and thanks for having me. Um, as you mentioned, I actually host and produce 
a show by the name Your Life Now Radio Show with Coach Ria. It's a self-help and self-improvement radio show that airs every week on uh, BTR on Thursday, uh, 2 o'clock Eastern Standard Time. And David, you know, has been my guest uh, in the past, and it's always a pleasure to be speaking with him. You know, just to give you a little background on David, and you probably know a little bit more about him, but I'm going to just refresh your memory. David is an educator, consultant, publisher, and author. Dr. David Kenneth Waldman is a social entrepreneur and recognized expert in sustainable educational development for children. He is an author and publisher of curriculum, journal, and children literature. In 2002, Dr. Waldman founded an international non-governmental organization called To Love the Children Educational Foundation International, Inc., also known as TLC, which is also registered as NGO in Uganda and Kenya. In 2006, TLC attained a special consultative status to the Economic and Social Council of the United States Nation. Dr. Waldman has spoken at the UN Commission on the Status of Women. He has written a statement on gender justice and education for all girls, which have been accepted and published in few UN languages. David, you know, it, your your work is amazing. I it, What comes to my mind, the first question I really like to ask you today on your show, why do you do what you do? What drives you to do these things? Well, first of all, thank you for that very generous introduction. It's much appreciated. I get asked that question a lot. Why um, do you have a non-governmental organization? How did you get involved? Why are you doing this work? And to love children was an evolution where I learned through actual practice and teaching and traveling and through my studies, through my master's and PhD, and I started putting together the theory and the practice. And why I'm doing this work is that through my own failures, um, through my own challenges, I understood better the plight of children who I dedicated my life um, to and the needs of doing something different, um, bringing a different approach to helping vulnerable girl children. So in effect, um, my work for the girl child in sustainable educational development, if you think of that as the umbrella on my mission to create sustainable educational development for girls, um, in order to break the cycle of poverty through opportunity and education mm-hmm. as the umbrella, then I also am creating a collaborative network of partners in order to then align with a community and a nation's social development policy. So we're not bringing our development and our programs um, as the answer we're creating a partnership and collaborative to understand what the needs are and then work to fulfill that need in in the development of a participatory approach um, to, to sustainable educational development. Yes. So, yeah, go ahead. Mm-hmm. I, I, and I was thinking today, because I've used this um, this analogy before, 
And what I'm doing um, with my work, it's like water needing a dam um, in which it could turn its um, potential energy um, into hydroelectric energy. So it's water um, and turns into electric energy. Girl-child education turns into development of a nation, of a community. Okay. So it's it's a channel. Right. That's amazing. I mean, I've always been a very admirer of your work, and it, it just, you know, I mean, you said me, most people ask you the same question, what you know, what drives someone like you to be doing what you're doing, and, and you sound like you have a lot of passion and a lot of, you know, and, and these are vulnerable girls that really, you know, they need someone like you and need organization, you know, like your organization to try to help them and, and reach out to them. Now you there's a new partnership right now um you know and obviously you guys expanding your partnership with other um like enterprise can you tell us a little bit about Inter- enterprise rent a car um a new partnership Well yes we're very proud of our partner um enterprise rent a car and along with Alamo and National Nice Enterprise Holdings is the largest rental car company in the world with over $15.5 billion on reported revenue. And so we're very proud to have them stand by us, not only in name that we're using our logo with their logo, but also in action. I had a meeting yesterday um, with uh, three key people in the Baltimore area, the um, business rental sales executive, the air, the new area manager, and the um, business rental sales executive who was just promoted to strategic accounts of how enterprise and to love children in the local Baltimore community will be able to do our work with Healthy and Smart, our HIV AIDS prevention curriculum, involving the Baltimore Symphony Orchestra, Maestro nice. Carla Ponte Jr., um, Baltimore Public School um, School District, um, the mayor's office, the local congressman in the Baltimore district where I live, the Baltimore Orioles, to create a true collaboration with Baltimore institutions in order to meet a need that the state and the city has recognized to reach vulnerable populations of Hispanics and African Americans who are vulnerable to HIV AIDS. So that's yeah. what we're doing. Yes, Dr. Walden. You know, what's really surprised me that people don't realize that there's still a problem, big, huge problem in inner city and, and you, mean, you know, among some of the groups that you had mentioned, you know, with HIV and, and AIDS, and it hasn't gone away because we don't hear about it in the news doesn't mean it doesn't exist. And it actually exists a lot, you know, a larger alarming number you know, within these groups. And, of course, you know, in, in Africa, that's, the number is just, you know, it's incredible how, you know, it's just, you know, we need something to be put in place. Now, can you talk a little bit about, you know, the progress with all the scholarships and the implementation of this healthy uh, and smart AIDS, uh, HIV AIDS uh, prevention? Well, well, yes, and because um and I just wanted just to, to piggyback on what you said about, yes, it, HIV AIDS um, is still a problem, and it's still a problem to vulnerable populations that are minorities. 
as it's a problem with vulnerable children for early childhood of Hispanics and also um, African Americans, and they become invisible. So our work is to make the most vulnerable visible. And what healthy and smart's approach is normally um, a country, on most countries and most programs, take an ABC approach, abstinence, mm-hmm. be faithful, and condom use. And what we did was um, we took an ABCDEF approach. And what I mean by that is that we're doing abstinence, be faithful, condom use, do not take drugs, do not share um, needles, right. needles mm-hmm. um, empowerment with life skills and financial independence. So again, it's the participatory, collaborative, transdisciplinary approach um, to HIV AIDS prevention. That's great. I mean, that's you know, I I'm I'm so glad to hear that you know that actually it's really coming along really well. So I mean, in the the Baltimore, um, I mean, how you know? Can you tell me? Because I mean, I know there's a huge a group of of uh, inner city, you know, kids who are you know. I mean, how you reach out to these group? I mean, that's what I'm thinking. You know, like you have to have um, the right people to get into those community and really educate them. Um, you know, I mean, so is that really doable, you think? I mean, in some of these, uh, even in Africa, for, for all that, you know. Well, th- th- again, um, that is a very um, good question. And in order to solve that question, I created a new program called Global Community University. And we're partnering with two young people. Um, when I say young, uh, it's under 30, 28, 29 years old, a young um, woman who was abused, who formed a nonprofit organization to help vulnerable teens mm-hmm. um, to empower them, and a, a young man who is working with African-American males in order to empower them in the community that are vulnerable So the mission of the Global Community University is to generate learning opportunities for children and youth at risk for self-discovery in order to engender an expanding awareness of the individual as a unique and distinctive part of the global community. So when I go into Uganda or Kenya and I work with the people there on the ground that know the culture, when we're going into communities. Um, I have worked in the inner city in the Bronx and, and in San Francisco, um, so I understand and have worked with um, at-risk children, um, but also to partner with other nonprofits that are in the community, that know the people, that there's a trust already established. So that is a, a way of opening up those doors that Hopefully, we'll expand to, to, to reach out, yeah, to reach to, the, to these communities and to be able to do the work that you want to do. You also have another program. Um, you refer to it as a 300 degrees of learning, protective yes. children. Can you elaborate on that a little more? Yeah, yes. Um, 360 degrees of learning, protect our children, um, came out of the um, tragic events of the Sandy Hook elementary school shootings in Newtown. Mm-hmm. I, I um, had a show um, a couple of shows ago where I named each and every um, child. And 
after that event, mm-hmm. um, it it so um, tore my heart apart. Mm-hmm. I taught second grade. I know what it's like to have 25 second graders running all around um, in that sense of one. Um, to have those babies um, have their lives taken away. I also know that you don't go to a second grader and call them a baby because they see themselves as grown up. Mm-hmm. And they they um, just was robbed of that potential. So I came up with um, this program that was born out of that. And 360 Degrees of Learning is a um, mental health awareness um program that will align um, with not only mental health awareness, but also prevention and the importance of mental health, not as a stigma, um, but that mind, body, and soul as from your work of teaching the very young um, and to be able to spot those children that are being isolated um, so that you're creating not only um, educated children, but healthy children in body um, and, and in mind. And um, the reason why this tugs at my heart so much is not only um, for the tragic um, lives of these children, because everyday children are being killed right, by, right, by, by abuse or sex trafficking, mm-hmm. um, but also, um, I suffered my entire adult life with um, what I call the black hole of depression. Um, when my sense of humor was gone, um, that even my sense of humor couldn't emerge, I knew that I was in that dark depression. And for years and years, this from 1971 until now, for years, I've never spoken of it except to a few people, never made it public. And yet now more than ever, it's more important to let people know that it is not a disease um, to be shamed of, that um, it's like any other um, illness that may be genetic or environmental. It's um, something that can be treated. Sometimes you lose um, people in that black hole of depression. And it was in those moments of the darkest um, depression is when it softened me and opened me more to the plight of children, which I've always been open to, but in a profound way that I was more sensitive and could actually feel and understand to some degree of what that meant of losing hope, of being um, invisible, of being um, so challenged that you couldn't move forward, whether it was cultural, whether it was a depression. So that also was a factor in how I grew into the work that I um, have done um, to expand Children's Horizons. Is it you know to me it sounds you know of course I'm I'm coming on the uh, the the other side of the equation here as 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 someone who you know work with um, mind and and you know in coaching um, so you feel like you know what drives you also is is it's 
the pleasure of, of what you receive of helping other people, you know, because that's something that, you know, it makes you feel better about you as well as a person as well, right? Well, actually, no. Um, no. no. Okay. <laughs> okay, no, I appreciate your honesty because I'm just wondering because sometimes when we do something positive to someone else, we help ourselves in the process. So when, you know, when you talk about your depression or you're talking about, you know, uh, suffering of that and you're reaching out and you're helping, you know, these kids, I feel, you know, being a, that positive role model to these kids can also be a positive influence on you as a person as well. Well, yes, you're, you're absolutely correct. Um, that is um, true. But for myself, um, it's as much as a part of me as when I take a breath. Mm -hmm. Um, so what I'm doing, um, the more I give, um, the more I can become fulfilled and actualized. So yes, in, in that sense. Yeah. I mean, that's why absolutely. I in that sense. Absolutely. Well, let's talk because I know you, you like to read a couple of poems and I want to give you enough time to do that, but you know, you are, um, on your way pretty soon, a few days to go on uh, to the trip to Uganda and end of this week. Um, how you feel about that, and what's your thoughts about it? And can you share what's going to be happening when you get there? Well, partly on um, my trip, and I leave this Friday, and I come home on the this Friday. By the way, is the seventeenth um, of May, two thousand and thirteen, and I will arrive back home to Baltimore on the thirty-first of May, two thousand and thirteen. And and the trip primarily is to conduct research on. Healthy and smart. I have a scholarship that was granted by the University of Phoenix. Beautiful. So, so primarily, it's to conduct research to deepen relationships and partnerships with government, nonprofits, with teachers, with parents, with children, and to reconnect with these children so that I'm there on the ground. Um, and it's difficult when you're here in America and you're. Um, so far away from being with these children every single day um, to, to be able to renew that connection. And with all the accomplishments, it's when I'm happiest the most, the most fulfilled is when I'm working um, and talking to, to children. And that was a promise that I made myself when I was a child. I literally said to myself, never forget the importance of being a child, the wonder of being a child as I grow up, which leads me to a poem that I wrote in 2004 because it's very apt of best articulating my um, understanding of what I want to um, have the world understand about children. So it's titled Children, and I'll start. They watch the world from a naive vantage point filled with wonder. One little word, a hug, and their self-esteem becomes a shield of protection. Your heart touches their soul. Playing and imagining sailing the oceans, exploring the moons of Jupiter, building sand castles in the air, they become explorers, scientists, and artists, our children. Time is relative, proving Einstein's theory and for a child, time stands still as they look at clouds drifting by and imagine faces and things that as adults we cannot see. A child is eternal. Making mistakes is what they're supposed to do. That is how they learn. They see the oak 
tree in the acorn and wonder how it got in there. Their understanding of botany is their faith. Children need to be loved, nurtured, cherished, mentored, educated, given opportunity, exposed to the wonder of the world and have the world see the wonder of the child. One day, because you were important in the life of a child, they become. It is important for you to love children. I can't say it any better, I think, than why I work with children that are vulnerable. Um, This poem that I wrote, Uh, In honor of the month of the military child in April of 2004, I think says it very well for me. That is beautiful, really, really beautiful. You know, um, do you have another poem that you like to read, or that's? uh... Well, I I want to um, end um, the show with um, this last poem. It's something that I've. Um, turn to um, during difficult times. And I think, Rhea, with the work that you do on um, coaching people um, to reach their fullest potential, that mm-hmm. you may have heard of this poem and, and appreciate it. Um, but I also wanted to, if I may, um, just go go back with, the, from the introduction of all the things that I have accomplished. I wanted just to add that I have 37 years of experience in education. I've traveled internationally for 42 years. But more importantly, what has shaped me is not all the things that I've succeeded in doing, the experience, PhD. Right? Well, it's it's the failures. I've lost okay. I've lost everything four times in my life. I went bankrupt once, but I never lost that song that I am meant to sing, um, the work for children. And I know of all people, um, the work that you're passionate about and how you change um, people's lives, that it is from their failures that they rise Absolutely. like a phoenix out of, of that kind of despair. It's really an honor for me to be having you and talking with you, um, David, because I have to tell you, you are a true inspiration. And, you know, I just, you know, you never stop giving, you never stop growing, and uh, you never, you know, stop at any cause. And, you know, to go through, you know, the, the what you had gone through, a lot of people would have given up and say, you know what, I, I, I can't do this anymore. But you always find a way. And I'm always so proud of you when I hear about new things that are happening with you and I think this is like absolutely uh, amazing and I think you you know you beyond you know a true inspiration to others um, you know I want to say before you read the poem and I think we have a few minutes right before you read the poem yes you know you said something about your um, you know the trip that you uh, you go in there to do some research and things of that nature what are you hoping to really um, find out? What are you hoping to really accomplish from being there and doing that research? Well, um, that's that's a, an important question. Our work and my work um, and all my volunteers, because all of this success and all that I've accomplished with To Love Children wasn't done alone. There were many of my colleagues that have worked tirelessly for many, many years in order to make this happen. And healthy and smart, we've taken a practitioner scholarship approach. So we're studying um, how to train trainers. 
of what works so that we can use that as a model when we implement the program. So the research is to learn in a different culture is a train the trainer model viable? How do we change it from one culture to another? Um, in Uganda, the culture is more than one. There are many cultures. And overriding, it's an oral tradition. So when you're training trainers to implement a program, it's not through a textbook. It's, it's through song and dance and oral. Um, so that needs to be involved. So that's what the research is there to learn so we can strengthen our program, make it better, and meet the needs um, a whole lot better. And in the few minutes that we have um, left, I, I first want to thank you, Ria, for, for, for hosting. It's um, And I, I appreciate um, your expertise, and I hope people will um, go and listen to your show. So can you tell people how to do that? Well, of course, they can go to uh, www.blogtalkradio.com forward slash Ria dash Wilke, W-I-L-K-E. And, uh, you know, there's a lot of shows that I have uh, done. You know, I have to tell you that I celebrated two years doing a show, and uh, I've reached 136,000 global listeners. Well, that's amazing. That's yeah. wonderful. That's wonderful. So I feel good about what I do, and it's it's every day. You know, my intention is always to inspire others to really, you know, make some positive changes and and help others. So please, I'll turn it back to you, and and so you can close the uh, the show with the poem. Well, mm-hmm. um, thank you, Ria, and I want to thank my listeners for coming um, back each month and um, listening to the show, The Global Child. And I'd like to um, end with this poem that has inspired me when um, I need these words the most. And I'm not sure who the author is, so I'm going to leave it anonymous, but I'll start the poem. When things go wrong, as they sometimes will, when the road you're trudging seems all uphill, when the funds are low and the debts are high, And you want to smile, but you have to sigh. When care is pressing you down a bit, rest if you must, but don't you quit. Life is queer with its twists and turns, as every one of us sometimes learns, and many a fellow turns about when he might have won had he stuck it out. Don't give up, though the pace seems slow. You may succeed with another blow. Often the goal is nearer than it seems to a faint and faltering man. Often the struggler has given up when he might have captured the victor's cup. And he learned too late when the night came down how close he was to the golden crown. Success is failure turned inside out, the silver tint in the clouds of doubt. And you never can tell how close you are. It might be near when it seems afar. So stick to the fight when your heart is hit. It's when things seem worse that you must not quit. And the poem was written a number of years ago. So I wanted to also acknowledge that when I said he, it's he, she, and man, man, woman. And thank you for listening. And remember, act as if it makes a difference. It does. Thanks for listening. 
So you are listening to an interview that I did with Dr. David Waldman uh, before his trip to Kenya. Dr. David Waldman is an amazing person, and it was really, truly my pleasure to be speaking with him shortly on his show, to interview him on his show, on his radio show. And, uh, um, you know, he's truly an inspiration to many people. His work to help the unfortunate children in the world is amazing. And he can use people's support to support his foundation, the nonprofit foundation, to love the children.org. So um, reach out, you know, check out the organization. They have some great sponsors there. And uh, if you like to make a difference, reach out to Dr. David Waldman and um, make a difference in someone else's life as well. Until next time, my friends, stay amazing. You are amazing. Be love. Much love. Are you ready to put an end to thinking about how you wish it were and take action? Take this step to find out more by going to coachingbyria.com and you can receive your free consultation session with Coach Rhea.